Welcome back to the Legal Rebel Podcast. I am very glad you decided to join me again. In this very exciting episode, we are going to be talking about using social media more effectively through the use of a social strategy called the rule of thirds. Then uh, we'll be doing our normal question and answer. So I will be tackling questions related to whether your law firm really needs a marketing plan, whether paid advertising works, and if there are any marketing strategies that are guaranteed to provide results. My name is Tay. I am both your producer and host for today's episode and the founder of The Legal Rebel. The Legal Rebel is a do-it-yourself resource for lawyers who need to get a handle on their marketing. If there is something you're struggling with in your law firm marketing, please feel free to contact us and we will try to find the best solution for you and your firm. Wanted to start with a really quick standard disclaimer that I can't guarantee any of the tactics that I provide will work for you. There is Spoiler alert to the question and answer that's coming up, but there's really no guarantees in marketing. It's not really an industry that works like that. Some things work for you, but might not work for another firm, or some things might work for another firm and might not work for you. But that said, I provide all of this advice and just in general information based off of my experience and the things that I've done with clients uh, and while working in-house for marketing uh, and accounting firms and just general professional services firms as well as some government uh, quasi-judicial bodies. So it, it is all based on experience. And I have tested and experimented with a lot of the tactics that we talk about. It's something that I haven't tested, uh, I will likely say that right to you because, you know, I'm that kind of person. <laughs> the second thing that I also want to say that I might not have said in the first two podcasts, but I really probably should have, is that uh, there are some very different laws that re- uh, relate to legal marketing Uh, that are different than other industries and marketing tactics. So the one thing that you're going to want to do before you implement something, especially if you're not sure if it's allowed and whatnot, is to check and see what your local rules on legal marketing are. I, I know this varies state by state, country by country. I know in Canada, we have some very archaic rules that don't apply to a lot of the firms in the States. Likewise, um, the UK tends to be a little bit more open uh, operating law firms as businesses. So there are differences depending on where you are in the world, where you are in the country, where you are on the continent, that kind of thing. So just make sure that everything that you're doing is in line with those laws. I know you guys are lawyers, so you know that, but just in case you don't, I am telling you. And also I am not a lawyer, not that I ever provide legal advice anyways, but even if I did provide legal advice, I'm not a lawyer, so it's not legal advice. Uh, I am a marketer, I've never practiced law. I have worked with law firms for almost my entire career. I've done everything from being a paralegal and a document specialist to being a marketer and business development consultant, uh, which is more where my heart personally lies. (laughs) Don't love doing the legal side of work. Consider going to law school for about a second, decided against it because I don't want to spend that much money to do something that I'll probably end up not doing. I like doing this. I love working with lawyers. Lawyers are my favorite kind of people to work with. I think there is so much knowledge and what you guys do is so incredible to someone like me who doesn't have the patience to fix people's problems, essentially. (laughs) I have the patience to fix people's marketing problems, but beyond that, I'm like, eh, 
not really interested. So I love what you guys do. And that is why I created The Legal Rebel is because I found lawyers are awesome lawyers and really bad marketers. I mean, no offense by that. I'm sure you guys know that. Also, if you have any questions, we do a brief Q&A at the end of every episode. They do not have to be related to whatever the episode is. They can be general questions. So please feel free. Please feel free to send them my way at talk to me at legalrebel.co. That's T-A-L-K-T-O-M-E at legalrebel.co, not com. And not really into comms. I for some reason really like the co-ending. Or just go to the website and fill out the contact form. Even if you think your question might be stupid, um, maybe you think that everyone else but you understands what it is and you think that it's dumb and you don't want anyone to know that you don't know it, please send it in. I don't include any names in the podcast to avoid that. I don't want anyone to feel stupid because they're asking questions. Chances are if you are wondering something, someone else probably is too. So even if your question is as basic as what is marketing? (laughs) Although you can go to episode number one if you want to know that, but you can also ask me and I will tell you. Or if you have a more, you know, bigger question, I've got a question. We're not going to cover this episode, probably next episode about uh, hashtags to use while marketing uh, for your on Twitter. So it's fair game. Anything is fair game. Marketing is kind of a complicated subject. I understand that. That's the whole reason why I set that up is because there are some just general rules in marketing that don't make sense to anyone, not even the people who practice it, but for some reason they work. So if you have a question, please email it to me. I will be happy to answer it. If you think it's too stupid to put on the podcast, you can send in your email that you don't want me to put it on the podcast. I can just send you back the answer in an email as well. Um, And some of the questions I get are really specific, so I might answer them in email. And then I will also just do a generic version of the question on the podcast. So feel free to send anything my way. And you can send links if you have a question specifically to your profile or, or your website or something like that, please feel free to uh, send those to me. That is essentially what I'm here for. Like I said, uh, today we're going to be talking about social media. So we're going to move a little bit more away from the boring basic, what is marketing type headlines into some nitty gritty details. I tend to be a linear thinker, so I often find myself moving from A to B to C. So I'll do what is marketing, how does it work, etc. And it's kind of boring. So um, starting with the A's and not get, and then I, so I'll start with the A's and then I won't get into any of the good stuff until way later. And by then you're bored and you don't really want to hang out. So Based off of some of the more popular posts on the Legal Rebel and the questions I've been receiving, I thought we'd do an episode on social media. There's a lot of questions surrounding social media and people are always asking and you're always looking for information and kind of social media in general as a business practice can kind of be muddy waters or just complicated or annoying in general. Uh, So you guys wanted it and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So social media is a massive topic and there's no way we can cover all of it in just one episode. We'll probably have to do, honestly, we could do an entire podcast on social media marketing for law firms and it would create an entire whole podcast. We're not going to do that. We're going to do one specific topic um, and we're going to zero in on interacting and how to use social media or how to use a social media principle called the rule of thirds. 
The rule of thirds says that your social media interaction should involve one third promoting your product or service, one third interacting with other people on the platform, and one third sharing industry news and tips that you think your audience would be interested in and or could benefit from. This means that when you're on social media, it shouldn't be all about you. When it comes down to it, social media is all about dialogical two-way communication. So it is just as important to interact with others as it is to promote your own services. So what is the rule of thirds actually look like in practice. Um, I'm guessing you guys all know what promoting your service looks like. So when you post things like the link to your latest blog post or article, a Casey one or something off the cuff, industry related, a comment, you know, to promote, promote services or, or a comment in general that you make about the industry. Um, but the other two thirds might, uh, be a little unclear. So let's talk about what those specifically are. So interacting with others is commenting, sharing, liking, messaging other users on social platforms. If you're on Twitter, this can include retweeting other material, replying or commenting on um, other people's posts and um, tweets, I guess. That's the word for Twitter. (laughs) I should know that. Um, Or private messaging other individuals to respond to their inquiries or questions. So interacting with others is anything that you do on the social platform that has to do with other people. So you're not talking to yourself and you're not talking to your audience as a whole. Um, And then sharing industry news and tips is exactly what it sounds like. It is sharing other things in the industry that might be of interest to your audience that you didn't produce. So all of your stuff is very relevant. I I know that you guys put out awesome things that you want people to see and that makes total sense. People will see those things more if you interact with people on the platform and if you share other things because then they're going to go and look for you or they'll look towards you as being a resource. And when you're a resource, you have more social clout and you're able to uh, impact people more and you also see a growth in followers and a growth in interaction and all that awesome stuff. So, And you want that as far as social media goes because that's essentially the goal is to have that two-way communication to get more clients and to create a better name for your brand in the digital sphere because that's really what social media is. No one cares about it in real life but we really do care about when it talks about um, or when we're talking about the digital world and the world is increasingly digital. So digital is important. So let's talk about how to actually do the rule of thirds in practice. Industry standard, marketing industry standard puts managing each social platform that you have as one hour per day per platform. That is what it takes to have a meaningfully well-managed social platform. One hour is a lot of time to sacrifice per day to put towards social media and interacting is really where all of this time comes in because let's be honest, to schedule a tweet or to create a really simple graphic can actually be very simple if you know how to do it. Granted, not everyone does and that's fair, Uh, but if you know how to do it and you know what you're doing, actually scheduling it and making up that one tweet per day or three tweets per day or seven, which is the um, maximum value that you can put into a platform like Twitter is seven. It's kind of, and seven tweets for the record is a lot. I run a quite a few social platforms. I do not put seven tweets a day on them. That is ridiculous. If you have the time to do that, that is awesome. And you will probably have a really great following. But for most of us, seven pieces of content on one platform, and that's not taking into 
consideration any of your other platforms is a lot of work to do. And if you're trying to run your seven, if you're trying to put your seven tweets on Twitter, and then you're also running one post or two posts on Instagram, and then you're also posting once or twice on Facebook, that's a lot of content and that's going to take a lot of time. And then you're not going to have time to interact. So all of that said, realistically, you don't have an hour a day per platform. I understand that. You probably also don't want to spend the money to hire a social media manager. I know I don't want to spend the money to hire a social media manager because they are very expensive because it is a very time consuming skill to have. It's not, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are people who are really good at it, but it's not really hard to do um, managing your social media media platform, but it is very time consuming. And so that's a really expensive service to purchase. So most of us are not going to be able to do that and that's fine. So if you're wanting to test a rule of thirds out uh, for yourself, try starting really simple. So pick one platform and set aside 15 minutes for you to meaningfully interact on that platform. 15 minutes is only a quarter of an hour and you can do it right before, maybe while you're drinking your morning coffee. So maybe take the first 15 minutes of your morning to share your latest blog post. So that's your promotional piece. Then poke around your Twitter feed and find one or other one or two other articles that you can share that were written by other thought leaders in the industry that you think your audience would enjoy. And then you might want to comment on a few other uh, posts that people are putting out that people have written and shared. Comment, like those posts, give them a thumbs up if you're on Facebook. I don't know which platform you're choosing. Twitter is probably the easiest one to do this on. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because Twitter is a huge resource for everything that people are thinking and wanting to talk about. And it's really easy to go down your Twitter feed and just pick out some things that you want to share, some things that you find are meaningful, some articles that you click on. Interesting fact, this is not something I've written down in my script, and I'm going to tell you anyways, the majority of people who share articles have not read the articles. Um, that being said, so if people are sharing your stuff, chances are they're probably not reading it, which is very unfortunate. Um, so you might want to try to scan through an article just to make sure you know you're sharing with your audience, but you can share it blindly if you want to. That's fine. I share things blindly too. And then I think afterwards that I should probably have read it. So I might go back and read it. But anyway, um, share anything that you think that the people who are following you might be interested in. It doesn't have to be a lot of things. You don't have to share your five articles. If you find one, that's great. And it doesn't have to be an article. You can find a graphic. If there's a really cool picture with a quote, uh, what they call memes. I just taught my mom that word the other day. She was very proud of it. And we played what the meme and she loved it. It's kind of a little bit of a side story, but share a meme, share something that people uh, you think would benefit from just, you know, a really quick quote. I know I shared a Harvey Specter quote once from the TV show. What is that show? Suits, I think it, I think he's from. Anyway, share something that you think people will enjoy. They don't have, it doesn't have to be business wise. It can be enjoyment. And if you're worried about sharing competitor articles, which I know that a lot of people are, look for articles on more open platforms like Forbes or Medium, um, or any of those kind of things, places where thought leaders share their articles. But that way, by sharing them, you're not directly promoting another law firm. 
It might be written by another lawyer or it might not. Um, and that's fine. But if you're worried about that competitor stuff showing up in your feed, just share it from a different platform and um, that will kind of help reduce that. It's okay to share other people's things. You want to share other people's things because you're not the only thought leader in an industry. And you, um, like in every other place, if you can share your spotlight with someone else via sharing your um, via, via sharing articles on Twitter or something like that, your credibility actually goes up. And interacting doesn't have to mean that you share other people's status or links. You don't have to. If there's nothing good, don't share things just for the sake of sharing them. You can just like people's things and you can comment on people's things and that's okay too. If you read an amazing article on something like productivity and you think, oh man, this is a really great article. I'd love to share it with your audience. That's totally okay too. It doesn't have to be related to your law firm. It doesn't even have to be related to the industry of law. The, the thing is, if you're running a small business law firm, chances are your followers are probably also business people. That's what we're hoping for, right? So your business clients might actually appreciate an article on productivity or on, you know, changing corporate culture or helping your staff adapt or, you know, anything like that that's relevant to business, but maybe isn't related to your industry. That's another great way to get around sharing other um, or get around sharing competitor stuff is if you share stuff that's completely unrelated to your industry. Um, likewise, if you're a family attorney, your audience might consist of a lot of moms and they might appreciate an article on five ways to take me time while the kids are around, you know, all those kind of things. So it's okay to share things that are a little bit off topic, uh, especially to avoid that competitor share. That's fair. Uh, chances are the things that you're interested in personally will likely resonate with a lot of your audience. And this personality is really important, especially if you're a sole practitioner or you're the face of your law firm. So if you run a small law firm, call it the John Smith family law firm and you're John Smith and your Twitter profile has your face on it instead of the firm, like a standard law firm picture. It's really important to have that personality on your Twitter feed. But even if you're running a standard um, law firm business social account, it's still relevant. And your comments, if you're sharing an article, can be as simple as read this great article, thought I would share. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. You don't even have to use hashtags if you don't want to. You just, you just want to get the interaction out there so it doesn't look like you're doing a lot of self-promotion. Look, we all know <laughs> we're on social media to do self-promotion. That's why we're there. But while we're there, we should probably try to make the social platform a little bit of a better place. And that's kind of what the rule of thirds is about. It's about gaining credibility. It's about interacting more with your audience and having that two-way communication because with that two-way communication comes better clients and better relationships. And you want that, that that's your ultimate goal. So like with every other episode, I'm going to give you a little takeaway and I've already explained the takeaway, but I'm going to explain it again. So your takeaway for today is to try using the rule of thirds once, um, on one of your social platforms, just once this week. It doesn't have to be all the time. Um, with that said, much like going to the gym once for 15 minutes, you're not going to lose 20 pounds. So you're probably not going to leave or see a significant improvement, but it will give you a feel for it. And you might actually find out that you like it. Lots of people actually like interacting on social media when they get into it. Don't take it too far though. <laughs> um, and if you're really socially ambitious, try doing it for 15 minutes a day. Just do it while you drink your coffee. I know a lot of us will scan the news in the morning. That's a big thing for us. I love to scan the news in the morning. And so while I scan the news in the morning, I might also um, work on my social platforms or 
you know, interact with people online. I do a lot of email answering, but you can, um, work on social platforms. That's okay too. And, um, if you do this or if you don't do this, mostly if you do this though, send me an email and let me know how it works out for you. I'm curious to know, um, whether you enjoyed it, um, whether you think you'll try more of it, but it is generally a really good industry standard is the rule of thirds. It's great for you. It's great for the social platform and it's great for your audience and regular consistent social interaction will help raise your social profile and it will help you get more of a feel for the platform. So before I let you go today, I of course have some questions to answer. So the first question that I got is, does my law firm really need a marketing plan? And that is a fair question. Designing the perfect marketing plan for your law firm can be a real task. So it might lead you to wonder whether you actually need to have a marketing plan. So in my opinion, the answer is yes, you do need a marketing plan. Not only does an official hard or soft copy, depending on if you print it, tell you where your business is headed. Um, It also helps guide your progress by giving Giving you something to measure by setting out goals and helping make sure you keep on track. And this can also be something that's included in a business plan. Your marketing plan does not have to be a 45 page detailed plan for the next year covering every task you're going to do, every tweet you're going to send out. Um, but you should definitely have something. If you're interested in more information about marketing plans and how to actually create a really easy one for you to use, keep your pulse on the legal rebel because I do have some information coming up in the future in the next month or two. Um, hopefully in less time than that. Hopefully kind of around the beginning of December is when I'm hoping to get it out. Um, We're going to be talking about how to create easy to use marketing plans for 2019, um, easy to use business, like personal business marketing plans. So if you are a, um, you know, an associate listening from a big law firm and you're just trying to work on your own marketing, that's okay. We're going to talk about how to do that as well. So keep your eye on stuff. Get onto the email list because I will be sending it out onto the email list. I'm just kind of figuring out how I'm going to package it right now because it is kind of a big topic. So I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to, what it's going to look like when it comes out, but it will be coming out and it will hopefully help you. Um, the second question I have is, are there marketing plans that guarantee results? <laughs> um, unfortunately, there is no one size fits all legal marketing strategy. So there is no way to guarantee results. Even if there was a one size fits all strategy, I would still tell you that there's no guaranteed results. Um, And I'm guessing the reason why someone asks this is because they're working with a marketing firm or thinking about working with a marketing firm and they're telling you that they can guarantee results. And I would really caution you to be wary of this. In all my years researching law firm marketing um, and my experience actually doing it and through conversations with colleagues, I have not come across a guaranteed marketing plan. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, although I'm pretty sure it does. And if you're in a scenario where a company is guaranteeing things like website traffic, clicks, hits, um, you know, a bigger social audience, um, it will likely cost a lot of money and they won't necessarily be authentic. There's a lot of, I call them quote, consultants that are cutting corners and purchasing things like fake likes. It happens a lot when you, when you look at political marketing, it's kind of a, got a little bit of a background in that. And often people will purchase like page likes and followers and that kind of thing. Uh, so be wary of that and make sure that any company you work with has your law firm success in mind. Doesn't mean that you can't work with them, but just, I would ask a lot of questions. Uh, and the final question I have for today is does paid advertising online work? Um, and that's kind of a 
interesting question as well. So paid advertising is a good way to get more eyes on your brand and your product or, or your product, but it doesn't necessarily translate to more paying clients. When we're talking about what works, my answer would usually be, it depends on what your end goals are. I don't necessarily think paid advertising is bad. And I actually have seen it work in the past um, to help not necessarily get clients, to, but to help get good hot leads that you can then turn into clients, but it doesn't guarantee anything. So I think, I guess, I suppose the real lesson here as related to all these questions is that there's no guarantee in marketing, uh, like I said at the front. But um, much like other industries, marketing has nothing guaranteed. There's almost nothing guaranteed anywhere. But uh, but being active online and offline, in my experience, does lead to more clients or at least more engaged parties to get those hot leads that you can then turn into clients. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Legal Rebel podcast, um, there will be another episode next week. I realized I skipped last week. I went out of town and forgot my mic and then I was having some other sound issues. Anyways, we're back. Everything's working now. It's great. Um, so there will be another episode next week. I'm still kind of fiddling around with the best day to put this out. Um, I've tried um, Monday and Tuesday and might try Wednesday. I'm not really sure. I'm just trying to fit something that fits in my schedule. So I've got the time to record everything because I I'm wanting to do some interviews in the future with people that I think you guys might like to listen to. And so, um, part of that is just me planning and figuring out that said, um, we do have an, a weekly email that is go that goes out. Um, it has been missed the last few weeks. We were setting up the podcast, which is really my fault. That's my poor planning. Um, but it is, um, it is something that goes out. So if you want to be added to it, and this is a great way to get that information on doing a law firm marketing plan, uh, just visit the legal or send me an email. I prefer you visit the website and fill out the form because then it's in compliance with everything. But if you send me an email that says I want to be added to the Legal Rebel Co list, that can also work for GDPR and um, other spam related things. So both pieces are available. Um, both of those pieces of information, the website link and the email are available in the show notes for this episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by searching Legal Rebel. Um, and next week we're going to be talking about client gifting programs since the holiday season is upon us. So if that is something that interests you, you'll probably want to come back. The Legal Rebel, as I said in the beginning, is a do-it-yourself resource for lawyers who need to get a handle on your marketing. If there is something you're struggling with your firm, uh, please feel free to contact us and we'll try to find the best solution. Or if you have a question, comment, yada, 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 any piece of information that you want us to hear or you'd like us to answer, please send us an email. I am always answering those. I'm always happy to answer them and I love getting email. I'm one of those people. Um, there are a lot of great lawyers out there, but none of them are you. Thank you for joining me today. Mm -hmm.